This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. games we will get you ready for your next sales opportunity are you looking to win the sales battle you have joined the right team here on the war games group we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you with our help you won't have to fail your way to the top when it comes to crossing the minefield of sales step in the footprints of those that crossed before you prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond it's time for war games to begin Shall we play happy wednesday war gamers joe ingram your host i am looking around look it that's my that's my uh, outlook telling me joe you should be up on war games and i am isn't that wonderful so, guys, I'm excited today because why? Because I was on a clubhouse room the other day and was fortunate enough through my buddy, Dr. Finance, to get connected to Paul Nadeau. Now, Paul is a previous police officer, okay, retired police detective. So, you know, he was digging in, into people. He was also going into uh, a hostage negotiator international peacekeeper. So there's been a lot of stuff thrown up on top of him to go through. And I asked him, could you come in? You you talk about so many things. He talks about, you know, negotiations, conflict resolution, mental wellness, because you're going to have to deal with that if you want to be a great negotiator. When we were talking earlier, I said, you know what? There's everybody that's going to be watching the show live or is going to be coming on later to watch the replays what are they going to be doing? They're going to be an entrepreneur or a sales professional, and their job is to do what? To make a sale so that they can get paid today. And I asked him, could you please come in and let's share some stuff? So I want to bring him up on the stage right now, just so we can all take a peek at him. Paul, welcome to the War Games Show. Well, thank you, Joe. I love the title, War Games, and I hope that through our conversation together, it won't seem like such a war when you stand out there and you build rapport with clients and customers. So let's let's get on with it. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. So it's funny because, Paul, most salespeople view the actual art of selling as a battle between them and the prospect for their money. And so I said, I could either choose to try to defeat that, or I could say, hey, war games is about what? Sales strategy. It's about what can you do? So to me, that was a cool name and it already addressed what everybody was already thinking. So if everybody's already thinking that way, then why don't we step back and say, hey, let's go uh, and just address it. Let's address it and say, this is where you're at and we're gonna go past that. 
Now, you have been in the line of fire. You have had life and death situations, and you've had to negotiate for those kind of things, which is, again, when I look at it, I go, wow, who better to talk about negotiation than when the ultimate battle that's going on that's there. So when you look at that and I say to you, okay, Paul, you've been through everything. Every entrepreneur needs to do what? They need to be really, really, really good. And I'm going to throw it out there and say in negotiations. And you'd agree with me. Yeah. I am a, I'm a hoping. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so you'd agree with me in that one. So being that such a crucial skill set for people to master it, can you go through like what are the most common mistakes that salespeople or people in general make when it comes to negotiation? And then how do we do it the right way? So sure. we can make sure it's, it's going to be a win for everybody. But I, I want to throw it over to you and say, teach us, help me with that. Let me know what's going on. Oh, you got it, Joe. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And hello, everyone. One of the reasons, Joe, I think that a lot of people get intimidated by negotiations is because they're focusing on the outcome as opposed to the process. And when we do that, when we focus on the sale, we're missing the opportunity of building a relationship with our client or our customer because what a negotiation is it is a it's a language of conversation and rapport building we've been negotiating since the moment we were able to speak our mothers were telling us or our fathers were telling us bedtime we'd say no i don't want to go to bed that was a negotiation we were starting to to experience that with dialogue and with narrative, we might be able to influence the outcome of a particular situation. The problem is when we start to focus on ourselves, on making the sale, we often miss out on being two things, honest and transparent. And really what we want to do is we want to build a relationship. If we took a, uh, took a look at what it is that we want to do out there, Take a look at the sales acronym, for example. And I'm, I'm sure you've probably had the sales acronym on your show before, S-A-L-E-S. Uh, -E uh, am I correct in assuming that? Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's take a look very briefly at it. And I'm going to add another acronym, one that I've developed myself. Very, uh, it ties in to the sales acronym. Just to remind everybody, the S in sales is about servitude. This is the spirit and the mindset that we need to bring to our clients and to our negotiatees. Anybody that we negotiate with, I call a negotiatee. You might be negotiating with your spouse on where to go for dinner. You might be negotiating with the, uh, with the butcher down the street to see if you could get a little bit of extra, you know, thrown in or whatever it is. Life is a great big negotiation. It's a business negotiation and it's a personal negotiation. When you put yourself into the mindset of really helping another person achieve what it is that they want to achieve, to get them to where they want to be, that's when you become the salesperson they turn to. It's I, I liken it to a date. Imagine this. If you're going on a first date, what do you do? Well, you have to prepare yourself. You have to focus on where are you going to take the person? I'm talking to guys right now, or maybe it's a girl who's asked a guy out. You know, you're going to be thinking about where am I going to take the person? How am I going to dress? How am I going to present myself? All these mental preparations. 
The same is very true with when we get together to sell or when we meet with a client or a customer is that we're wondering what it is that we've got to do. We've got to prepare ourselves mentally. The first person you negotiate with is you. So let's go back to the analogy of getting ready for a date. If you're afraid, if you're intimidated, if you show any of these signs of not being enthusiastic and prepared, you're not likely going to get very far on the date. And you certainly are not likely to get a second date. So you prepare yourself. Now, the mind of a servant, what is it? It's an inquisitive mind. It wants to find out what the pain points are. If you go for a date and you make it all about you, for example, if I were going on a first date and I'd say, hey, baby, you don't have to look anywhere else. I know you're probably on a few dating apps and such, but you found the right guy. I've got everything that you want. If I were to do that, Joe, the person sitting across from me would look at me and say, boy, are you ever into yourself? You think you've got my solutions? You haven't even asked me about myself, what it is that I want, what I'm looking for. So when you make it about yourself, you're not using exploratory dialogue to find out what it is that the person's looking for. Let's go back to a sales or a negotiation situation. We're asking the person, what is it you're looking for? What is it you're struggling with? What do you enjoy? It's the same. So the S is being a servant, being inquisitive. The A is asking those questions. What, you know, what are you struggling with? What is it that you're looking to do? You're listening. That's the L. You're really, truly listening. Not listening with the intent of speaking next, because so many of us do that. And I've read so many books in which great authors and great salespeople said, we're not listening, damn it. We're not listening to the other person. We're thinking about our next pitch. We're thinking about what to say next. No, 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 no. I want to really truly listen to you because listening doesn't only happen with the ears, Joe. It happens with the body. It happens with the eyes. I want to watch a person's body language. That's listening to me. I want to hear the tone of their voice. I want to watch for sudden changes so that I can identify it. Anything that I see, feel, or hear that I don't quite understand, I don't want to assume. I want to ask what it is. So if I'm talking with you, Joe, and all of a sudden I'm saying, and I think we can deliver this by next week, and you're going, yeah, okay, Paul. Well, what have I seen? I've all of a sudden seen a change in your body language. You're telling me something. And I have to be astute enough and I have to be observant enough to stop and to say, Joe, I noticed that there was a slight change in your body language. I was wondering if there's something that I just said or I just went over that concerns you. Do you have any questions? And the same is true if you're with a significant other and you're talking to your spouse, you're talking to your children. And all of a sudden you see that white elephant. The white elephant is a change in their tone. They look away. They cross their arms. Their eyes roll. Whatever it is, that's a white elephant. The white elephant ain't going to leave if you don't address it. The problem with a lot of people is that they hurry up. They want to get their pitch out. So they speed right. up and they try to make their point. Yeah, do you get it now? No, no, no. I stopped listening the moment the white elephant dropped on my shoulders. That's when I stopped listening to you, Joe. I, I'm not listening anymore. Or you would say to me, Paul, no, I'm sorry. didn't hear anything that came out of your mouth. 
after you disrespected me and you didn't identify or try to explore the emotion I was going through. So we really have to listen with our eyes and with our ears and with our bodies. The E is to empathize, is to really truly try to understand what it is the other person looking for. If we're going back to the date that I was talking about a little bit earlier, you're talking to the person and they're telling you what they're looking for in a, a, a mate and that doesn't quite jive with what you've got. You're going to empathize and you're gonna say, ah, I get it you know what? I don't think we're a great fit. And here's why. But I wish you all the best. It's the same. Let's not focus on the outcome, the outcome being the sale or whatever. Let's focus on the person, on really truly understanding them and serving them. And the S in the sales acronym is for summarizing everything. And so this is a beautiful thing. If somebody has just told you something, then what you want to do is clarify. You want to ask those questions. So if I understand you correctly, Joe, what you're looking to do with XYZ is get to ABC. Would that be an accurate summary of what we were talking about? What does that show? It shows you that I've been paying attention and that I'm truly focusing on what I'm hearing from you. And I'm really trying to identify what it is that you're trying to get. And hey, Tyler, how you doing? Um, so what I'm, what I'm looking to do is to make that connection. I have another acronym that I'll be adding, but I'll stop there because I've been doing lots of yapping and you probably have a question or two and, a, and go ahead, just yeah. fire something at me. So, okay. So then, you know, me, I'm going through it. I, I, I consider myself the biggest student on war games whenever I have a guest on. So we go there, but Ron Siegel said, watch out because my body language sometimes lies. So I, I said white elephant is actually my dancing name at the club, but when you look at it, to me, when you what you went through, one of the things, and I'd like to get your take on it. So what you said is, I think I could, and I hear this a lot with salespeople, and they go, well, I think we could probably get this out by next week, right? And your reaction was perfect after you said that, which was the, hmm. And I, to me, the answer is, if you can't be sure as the salesperson, you just caused this person to feel it. And so I, to me, it was just classic that that's the example you put in because your, your non-committal language causes an uneasiness in the actual prospect who says, why would I look at you as going to be the one who's going to come through for me if you can't even tell me what I'm going to get? You can't even give me a commitment that you're willing to say to, to come through. Now, also, looking at your history and looking at everything you went through, i that's where my question comes in. Is it easier to get negotiations completed when you are more generalized, when it's something that's right, really big and heavy? Or does it apply everywhere that you've got to be that person that instills confidence that you're the right person to, to do it? it and yes, I... I I am a true believer that the skills that you develop as a negotiator to really be that honest and transparent person, not to be the closer, not to be the salesperson, yeah. but to be a coach, someone who directs someone to the right product, that kind of thing. You can take that skill and apply it anywhere. I applied negotiation skills with murderers when I was going in to find out whether or not they had committed a crime uh, or the crime that they had been accused of. 
I wasn't looking for a confession. I was looking for an explanation. Uh, I wanted to, to get the truth. And so my focus was really on building that conversation and that rapport. Because as we all know, people will not deal with you unless three things exist. They know you, like you, and trust you. You've heard this before. We've all heard this before. Knowing you, liking you, and trusting you is not all that hard to get. You can do that in a very short period of time by not being a salesperson, by not pushing what you want on them, by getting them, by asking them those really exploratory questions that gets to the really heart of the matter. You've got to negotiate in their world. They see things from a different point of view. They may have their emotions, their concerns. They may have been ripped off by another salesperson. You don't want to be that mirror copy of that person who says, I got exactly what you want. It's right here. Let's pack package it up right now. Shall we go? And, and uh, no, you don't want to, you want to be that person that establishes the rapport with them. And you want to be that person who really is wanting to develop a relationship because it's when we develop relationships that magic happens. It's not about making the sale. The sale will come. The moment you establish that trust, that likability, that concern, they're going to say, you're the person I want to deal with. You're the person that I feel the best with. I feel I can trust you. And where do we go from here? So you become really that, that consultant. I don't want to go to a closer. That's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to take my family, my children, nobody to a closer. Closer doesn't care about me. I'm going to get that buyer's regret with a closer. I'm going to think, geez, I think I just got taken. And I'm going to feel that I'm never going back to that person. Uh, I feel bad. bad. We're similar than we are different, Joe. And that's, that's the that's little to remember. Two things that on my career. You're absolutely right. I was a detective. I worked in the SVU, the Special Victims Unit. I was a hostage negotiator. I was an international peacekeeper. I learned two really important in my career. I think it was a gift from heaven. Here are the two lessons that we can apply in sales and in every aspect of our lives. Number one, we are different. Now, why does that matter? Because what I'm feeling and what I go through is likely and what that person is going through. We all laugh, love, and bleed in the same way. If I'm sitting across from someone and I'm thinking, I wonder if they're out to get me, guess what? If I were to go into their brain, they're probably thinking the same right. thing. So I got to think if I'm feeling this and they're feeling this, let's get it out in the open. Let's ask are you feeling something right now? Can we talk a little bit about what we might be experiencing? Because I want the very best for you, Joe. And I, I really want, here's what I would like to see from our negotiation here today, Joe. And then you, you spell out what it is. And Joe, I want to hear from you first. So you go first. You tell me what it is, is that you would like to see. Ask me any questions you'd like to from the onset. And so it's building that bridge, Joe. It's really building that that client relationship, that negotiator's relationship. The, the important second lesson that I learned is that you get what you give. If I give you dignity and respect 
and time. If I give you all these things, I'm likely to get that in return. Absolutely. If I walk down the street and I flip you the bird, hey, Joe, uh, and I give you the bird, what are you going to do? You're going to look at me and you go, holy mother, you know, and you're going to give me the bird. You're likely to do that again to me or even worse. However, if I flash a smile to you or Tyler and I see on screen, say, hey, how's it going? And I'm really, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sincere about it. I'm likely to get maybe a confused look at from you in the very beginning, but I'm likely to get it in return. You get what you give. When I walked in to, when I negotiated with terrorists and I treated them with dignity and respect, and yes, a lot of people, what? You don't get a yes unless you treat someone with that respect, the way that they want to be uh, treated with. And it's the same with everyone else. There's a golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated yourself. And then there's the platinum rule, treat others the way that they would like to be treated. So how do we do that? We ask them, how would you like to see this unfold? Where do you see this going? All those things, Joe. Well, what I I love, Paul, when you brought up is the you started. Okay, so we'll we'll grab Stephen Covey at this one, right? You started yeah. with the end in mind, right? You said here's the outcome. So we may not be in rapport yet, but guess what? People on the same road going to the same destination tend to link up. Yeah. Right. And so when you started and said, "This is what I'm looking for out of this meeting." then all of a sudden you dropped a pin for the end point for them to meet you there. Yep. And then you said, what is it that you would like out of it? So now we can drive down to the same road and we can stop at the fast food place that Paul wants. And we could stop at the, you know, the market for some, for Tyler to go grab himself a banana. And then we're going to come back over <laughs> and, and go into we, but we all end up in the same destination because we do that. Ron Siegel did point out that I'm used to people walking by on the street and flipping me the bird. And so that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Ron. Um, yeah. You know what? Uh, but we don't respond in kind, you know, like uh, we we respond in kind, yes. in a kind way. Right. Ron, yeah. Ron said, did Paul work with Mariska Hargitay? No. Uh, is that Mariska? Is that a. Uh, isn't that the isn't that the lady on SVU? Oh gosh, it is, isn't it? No, never worked with her. <laughs> I worked with. You could have been the consultant, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I worked with with many different detectives, and and some very much like her, but not with her specifically. Darn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ron. Ron commented, "Yes, that was it." Because I was like, "Why do I know this name? Why do I know this name? I had no idea." Okay, so I I'm just coming in, going let let's recap and let's go through what we've got. Okay, mm. I love the you're listening with the intent to actually hear the information as opposed to the responding. Yeah, because I think we've all been across from somebody who's just waiting for you to shut up and breathe so that they can go spew out what they thought was the best answer to whatever you had said earlier. Right. And it's my turn to talk now. So that was great. The, the being a servant, asking, listening, empathizing, and summarizing for that overall clarity of where it is you're going. Then you came back with the um, exploratory dialogue. I'll look that up later because it's big words, but when you're going in and saying, I need to find out about this other person, I need to find out what's there. And I think 
defining the endpoint and then letting them tell you what they're looking for along the way. Okay. So like, for example, if we went on a, a trip to go someplace, you would ask your significant other, are we driving? Are we flying? Are we taking a train to find out what they're looking for instead of just saying, Nope, we're going this, I'm driving the next 17 hours. Yes. Right? And I'm going to put you in the car with me. Right. And if it's Ron Siegel, you don't want to be in the car with Ron. So that's going to be bad. So, and then looking over, yeah, I will tell you, Paul, that I was really bad on sending out the link. For you, I got you twice with the link, but everybody else is like, I keep getting texts like Tyler said that. Do you have a link that works? And I'm like, ah, oh, I hit the wrong button. Oh, yes, no. That's why, oh, that's no. why Brian, that was why Brian is late on this one. because he's. Hey, like, Brian, how you doing? Good. Brian, Good seeing you. Good to see you. So um, the second, the two lessons you, you got, which is we are different. And then two being you get what you give. Yeah. I, I yeah. like that one. On the we are different one, can you give me some kind of framework or something that you're going through to say, as I sit across from somebody, what is it I'm looking for so that I can get that? Because you made up a great point, which is what are they going through? And if I jumped in their head, I would be looking for <laughs> something to say they're saying the same thing. What are you, what are you picking up on? To, to clarify the statement, what I learned was we are more similar than okay. we are than we are different. That makes the whole that makes everything uh, make sense. We are more similar. So it, and we've heard this in the news. There are so many people who are afraid of uniformed police officers who are walking up to them after pulling them over on the side of the road. We know why. And so imagine you being in uniform, pulling someone over. What you want to do is you want to imagine what it must be like for them, their state of mind, and put, them, put yourself in their shoes. What does that do? It will influence the way you approach the car, your voice, your tone, and your, the words that you use to, to make the situation calmer for them. It's like when I was walking in to talk to the victim of a sexual assault or a child abuse uh, situation, I imagined what it, I, how would I feel if I had just been assaulted in that way and some man in a suit is asking me for details? Yeah. Holy, my goodness. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to disappear and I want to die is what a lot of people think. So how am I going to approach that person? How's my body language going to, uh, what's my body language going to say? Am I going to walk in like a cop or am I going to walk in and sit down a distance away and start to empathize? I know it's difficult. You, how am I going to use my voice? And by putting myself in a, another person's shoes, I can empathize more easily and more thoroughly. I can be more transparent. I can invite them to speak. I can speak in a way that is non-threatening. It's not closing. I need a statement from you. I want you to I want you to buy this this item here. Let's sign on the dotted line. No. I want to put myself in your shoes so that I understand you and by imagining what you're going through, it it provides me with the tools and the questions or the way that I'm going to approach you if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Right. Tyler, Tyler, any questions? I don't want to just throw it out there, but I was like, ooh, Tyler may have something he wants to ask. Sure. 
no, I'm I'm taking notes and following along. I mean, this is I, I've I started selling the wrong way. Um, so, you know, I'm slowly developing, uh, well, I've been developing into this mindset of how are they perceiving this information and ask rather than tell, you know, I, I can't know what you need to know until I know what you know. So <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how I've rolled anyway. You know, Tyler, I love, uh, that, uh, that we, when we become aware of an approach that is not working, we shift. If we're going down the road and it has a, it has a rough road ahead, we know that we have to choose a different path in order to get to where we want to be in one piece. Uh, Chris Doe, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chris, uh, Joe, but Chris is, is huge in the sales bi uh, business and, and he's got a follower of, of uh, about half a million people on LinkedIn. He's on uh, Clubhouse often and I've been on his show. We've spoken about sales and he is of the very mindset that I am and he will say, it's not about pressuring anybody. It's about really understanding and asking those questions. And as a negotiator, I invite people to say no. It's all right if you say no. If it's, it's all right if you're concerned about this and you don't want to go any further. What does that do? They don't hear that from a salesperson or a negotiator usually they don't hear that what they hear is let's get to the bottom line is that hey joe if there's something that i said that's making you feel uncomfortable or uncertain it's all right to tell or to say no to me now there are so many other ways in which we can get more information from people because if i'm talking to you and you say to me well paul i gotta think about this give me a couple of weeks and i'll get back to you how many times as negotiators or salespeople have we heard that? And a lot of people will, will take out their book and they'll say, okay, uh, can we schedule a time as opposed to asking questions? Damn it, just ask. And you might want to say something like, well, you know, Tyler, there's usually three reasons. And I'm saying it in a very playful, enthusiastic way. And I want to talk about enthusiasm a little bit later. But I'm, I'm being inquisitive. That exploratory dialogue, I hope that nobody gets uh, gets caught up on that. All it means is asking question. Explore by asking. And so I would say to Tyler, usually three reasons people tell me that, Tyler. The first one is they don't like me. So, Tyler, is it that you don't like me? And Tyler might go, well, no, 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 that's not it, Paul. I say, okay, all right, good, good, all right. So the second reason is maybe you feel that in what I was saying and the presentation that I made to you, I didn't cover all the bases. I didn't cover something that you were concerned about or that you had in the back of your mind. Would that be it? Is it something that I haven't covered that you're concerned about, Tyler? And then Tyler would be in a situation to say, you know what, there is something that you didn't cover. Or he could say, no, that's not it. Then I would go to number three. So I'm asking simple questions. The third question would be, well, the third one, Tyler, is that often people might think that I'm not going to deliver on the promises that I made. Are you concerned that I'm not going to deliver on what I've promised you or what I've, uh, I've offered you here? So we give them an opportunity to speak. It, and Tyler might come back and say, you know, it's not that I don't want to proceed with this, but I, I have other people I have to answer to. So I'm going to mirror what Tyler just said by using about three or four of the words that he used last to be more inquisitive.
I have people I have to answer to. People you have to answer to? That's a mirror. That's like, yeah, my boss. My boss makes the final decision. I wish I would have known that earlier because in my negotiation, I won't. That's not how I would approach Tyler. I'd say, oh, your boss. You know, is there a way that we could get him or her involved in this, this discussion now? Or when could we meet with her, him or her? So it's really about mirroring by asking questions. And on the topic of mirroring, mirroring is using the last three or four words of what somebody says to be inquisitive. So in the example that I used, uh, I have to answer to someone else. Answer to someone else, that's a mirror. And it could be anything that you say, I could use those last three words in a sort of like, huh? You know, that kind of thing, uh, just to get more information. Mirroring also comes when we mirror a person's pace and body language. And so, for example, if, if I'm leaning in, Joe, you'd probably want to lean in at some point too, because I, I like to work with people who are similar to me. Sure. They speak the same pace. If, if I, if you have a pace of, well, you know what, Paul, I go in and I do this and I do that and I like this and I like that. And I go, well, Joe, the way that I like to do things is I like to, you're going to lose me because your pace is very quick. I'm going to have to heighten my pace. Well, Joe, I love what you're saying. And I really love to, I, you know what? We're on this traveling, this road together. And we're going to stop off at the coffee shop that you want. If I go, well, I like to take it a little bit slower and go into that. You're going to say, <laughs> you're not talking my language. So those are just some examples of what we can do to mirror and to respond and to be inquisitive so that we can serve. And it comes down to this. I, I do have another acronym if we have time for it. Absolutely. It's in my book. Yeah. All right. The acronym I want to leave you with uh, or, or speak to right now, I call it peer negotiating, P-I-E-R. And I developed this after I started to do keynotes on negotiating. And I thought if I could leave people, this is before I discovered the sales acronym. And in addition, I use the sales acronym and my peer acronym because they're they're very much in tune to each other. The P in peer stands for planning. We've heard it before. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's very true. Let's go back to the dating analogy. You're planning. What do we do as well? A lot of people now, when they get the first and last name of someone, they go on a computer and they search as much as they possibly can about that person to find out what does their Instagram say? What does their Facebook say? What kind of person they are? Well, we do that when we plan for a negotiation as well, or we should be doing that by going to their website to see what their mission statement is, see what some of their challenges are. I know great companies have Facebook pages, Instagram pages. They celebrate their employees. They talk about their next uh, events. They're upbeat about this. And if I walk in and I've done my homework, I've planned, and I know more about you, I might be able to say, I was looking at your website and wow, have you ever got a wonderful mission statement? I love what you said about this and that. It breaks the ice. We want to talk to people before we get into the negotiation. We want to have a conversation uh, or, or a dialogue and then get into the conversation, the nitty gritty. So we show that interest. So planning. As a hostage negotiator, we had to role play. And that's part of planning as well. Role playing for a hostage negotiator was this. Every month, 
we would have two training days, full days, in which ambulances, fire trucks, actors, actresses, the whole thing. We had this university campus in which we brought all these, these uh, wonderful uh, services together and professional actors were given scripts. So if I was working with, say, Brian and Tyler and you, okay, you guys may be actors out there. You're given a script and you're told this. Paul's going to be negotiating with you guys. You're holding somebody hostage. If it goes bad, you do whatever. You're a good actor. You're an improvisational actor. You will respond to how Paul deals with this. We made it as real as possible because we wanted to prepare ourselves for the real thing. What does this mean to you as a negotiator? If I'm planning a big negotiation, I might call Tyler on the phone and say, hey, Tyler, I'm going to meet with Joe tomorrow. And I know Joe is going to ask me some real, very tough questions. Would you play the part of Joe and, and ask me whatever? Uh, let's get Brian in here too, because Brian can ask, he could be the secondary negotiator and just hit me with everything. You guys do just do this. Do you mind doing that? Can we take an hour and can you do this? And so we, we play this, this game in which we change roles and we learn from each other. And then we are more prepared to answer those tough questions when they come, because guess what? I did it three days ago with Brian and with Tyler. We role played this thing. So let's go back as a hostage negotiator. I didn't know what negotiation I was going to have next. It's not like the hostage taker would call me up or call the police department. <laughs> up. Hey, hey, how you doing? Um, I'm the bad guy. And in two weeks from now at 3.34 p.m. at Ace Market on, on Front Street, I'm going to be taking some hostages because the robbery is going to go bad. So I just want to let you guys know that's what's going to happen. They don't do that. Right. And I so, like apples and ham sandwiches just in it. case it gets drawn out. Yeah. That's it. So the planning is, is just preparing yourself mentally. You've got to negotiate with yourself first. How am I going to present myself? I have confidence. I told you I was going to talk about enthusiasm. You really want to believe in your product. If you don't believe in your product or your service, nobody else is going to, or it's going to be very hard to sell. You want to be enthusiastic. The last four letters of enthusiasm is I-A-S-M. And that stands for I am sold myself. And enthusiasm is the transfer of energy. And I don't have to go, I'm really excited about this, but I want to show it in my belief. I really believe in this product. And I'll tell you why, Joe. And, and that enthusiasm, you know, I might, I might get really excited about it because I'm seeing that you're getting excited about it. So we're having a conversation. We're being human beings. So planning. The I is in the peer. So P is for planning. The I is for intent. And I talked about this before, too. Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. The intent there is on the other person. So your intent in a date is not about yourself, about selling yourself. It's really about understanding the other person, their pain points, their, their needs. Your intent is not on the sale. Your intent is providing a service that they'll be happy with and that you'll be happy to provide them with. Your intent is on your client. It's not on you. The moment you put it on you, you lose that trust, likability. 
and you lose the relationship. So your intent must be focused on your client, on whoever it is you're negotiating with. And that could apply in your life too, in your personal relationships. Put the intent on the other person. I really want to find out what you're feeling, how you're, you're, uh, what you're going through. Tell me. You know, one of the first things that I would say in a hostage crisis, a hostage negotiation, or even with a person who is suicidal, I would say, how can I help? I'm here to help you. How can I help? If we take that hostage negotiator's first line and say to our clients in one way or another, how can I help? I'm here to help you. You know, use that. That is what intent is all about. The E in peer, P-I-E. So think about pie. It's going to be easy for you guys to remember. I made it easy. Think about baking a pie. What does a P stand for? Planning. You know what goes into planning. It's role playing. It's checking out the other person. It's doing your homework. It's getting yourself psychologically ready. It's being your very best self. The I is focused on the intent. What is your intent? It's focused on the other person. The E is for your entrance and your engagement. How do I present myself? Am I dressed right? Do I have a warm smile? Do I have a handshake that's, that's welcoming? And I want to make my very best first impression because people will remember the first impression. It's kind of hard to recover from a bad per first impression. In about one-tenth of a millisecond, I don't know, and some people say, oh, it takes about nine seconds. No, it takes a very short period of time for we as primitive creatures to make our minds up about somebody, whether we can trust them or like them. It, we have this energy within us and that energy just, it, it exudes and we attract that person. If we have a, a negative energy, they're going to see that right off the bat and they're going to say, no, no, I don't like you. So make your entrance memorable and keep them engaged. So that's what the, the pie is for. And when I you think R pie, is rip the money out of their hand, right? You'll go back to, to point one. The R is what happens when you bake the pie. It's the relationship. The relationship is, is built on baking the pie correctly. And I've got some bread actually right next to me that's being baked right here. I had to put, you might hear the, the churning going on in my, in my small little, uh, my bread maker here, because it just alerted me that it's still working. So I had to measure out everything precisely and put it in and have it do its work. The same is very true with us as salespeople and negotiators. We measure everything that it's going to go into the right recipe. It's going to go into the pie. And if we don't make the pie correctly, people are not going to respond to it well. The relationship is not going to be built. So that's what peer negotiating is. It's planning, intent, entrance and engagement equals relationship. Perfect. So one thing I, I want to add on to it and then comment about something. So you had explained how when you're matching somebody based on the speed at which they're talking, okay, the only way I as a slow speaker can speak quickly is if I know my material well enough, is if I know what it is I'm actually trying to say. Because it, it's very painful to watch a slow talker try to get through something they're not ready to do and only do it at 70 miles an hour instead of 30 miles an hour. 
Yeah. Right? It's that brand new driver. And you're like, go 80, go 80. <laughs> and they, they're panicking. Then yeah. they stutter. So um, one of the things I look at, too, with, is what you said before was invite them to say no. OK, so I'm a big proponent of that because what that does is it take it drops the guard. It drops that wall that they put in front of you to try to do to try to say, oh, you're trying to get one over on me. Yeah. And the second you do that. So like for me, whenever I conduct a training and I have testing involved, I get people that panic and they're like, I don't do well on tests. I don't do this. I don't do whatever. And I'm like, it's okay. As you go through and start taking the test and you go, wow, I'm, I'm really losing it. And I don't remember this stuff. It looks like a different language. I tell them, turn the paper over and quit. And they're like, what? And I'm like, just quit, quit, turn the paper over. I won't collect it yet, but turn it over. So you quit. And the second they quit, their brain calms down and they go, Oh, woof. and you'll see them within 30 seconds, that paper turns over and they just start filling out everything because we made it, I made it okay for them to quit early. Right. And I, then when you brought it up, I was like, there you go. That's a fantastic thing to say is that invite them to say no. Mm. You can always say no to me. It's, I don't take it as an offense because if it's not for you, then right. I I'm okay with it not being okay. And that goes more on the challenger sale process, which is what, I, I do typically more than anything else, which is I want to be the consultant. I want to be that person that's outside of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. but no, I love that. And then. Uh, I, I really like what you just said as well, because a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves. Now for everyone listening, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to match their pace completely. Right. If you're new or, or that, just be open, honest, and transparent and try to keep up. Part of it will be becoming comfortable and familiar with who you are, number one, your mindset, and number two, your intent. Remember that your intent. If my intent is focused on Joe, I can't keep up with Joe because he's talking a mile a minute. And I, I, I'm half a mile a minute. It's okay. You know, I'll be that human person. I'll say, you know what, Joe? Um, I just want to make sure that you get to where you, whatever it is, but show that sincerity. What I'm saying is that if you're really a slow speaker, you may lose them. So become so familiar with key words or sentences and your intent. Become so familiar with who you are as that negotiator, as that salesperson, that you make that connection, that you build that rapport. And if you don't match their pace, it's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. I didn't always match someone's pace. I set the pace. Sidney Poitier, um, who is a great, he was a great actor. He's passed away, I think, just this past year. Yeah. And he wrote, he wrote a book. And in his book, he says, when two people are walking, one person always sets the pace. And it's true. When we walk next to someone, somebody, we don't know which one it is, always sets the pace. Why don't you be the person to set the pace? Right. You know, Absolutely. And, and so, can, and, and I love that. And it, if you look at it too, you say, okay, if somebody is setting the pace, I tell everybody, be an excited version of the person you're across the table from. So take yeah. the cue. And then, so it would be basically... Paul and I are walking as he speeds up. I'm going to speed up a little bit more than him so I can assume the pace. <laughs> You're like, why are those two guys running, but not actually running? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're both trying to outpace the other person. 
But yeah. no, that's fantastic. So um, let's go ahead and get to the point of wrapping this up. I love everything that's here. I got my page of notes. I know Tyler's taking a page of notes, and Brian takes better notes than anybody in the world. Wow. Okay, with what he does. Um, so I want to look and say there's one thing that you need to leave us all with that you say this is the most important thing. I also want to throw out to you guys that if you look over his shoulder, he's got a book. Now, I've put it everywhere in the comments there. It says, damn it, just ask. Yeah. What? Yeah. Cool. How cool is that name of a book? Okay. And so, but he also said, so if you're going to screenshot, put this up there, I would say throw hashtag damn it, just ask. Because <laughs> he said when he does keynotes, people are like, ooh, I'm at the damn it, just ask room. Yes. And I think, and I think that's true. And I, I, when I review with my clients, as I sit back and I go, why would you talk to a prospect and not once ever ask them for either the appointment or ask them for the sale? It makes no sense to me that you would go talk to somebody without the I in peer, which is the intent, right? We should be intending to provide value and match a product with a person or a service with a person. That should be our intent. And so that's what I look at. Ron Siegel said he might get smacked if he just asks. But, you know, that's because he's asking the wrong things. People are used to, I'm used to people telling me no. That's just a warm up. That's all. You know, I, I want to just jump in there, Ron. Um, every negotiation starts with no. And no is not a word that we should fear. No right. is a great word. Yes is, yes is, everybody thinks yes is best, and it is. However, an early yes in a negotiation could be a sign of trouble. Oh, if yeah. somebody says yes right away, it could be yes, but yes, as long as these conditions are attached to it, because they haven't got to know you. No, right. no, every negotiation starts with no. Let's invite a no. We talked about that. Yeah. And a no may be educational to you as well. If you get a no and you don't get the sale, you go back and you say, okay, what was it about that that I could improve on? Why did that no stay? Did I not ask enough questions? Was I a little abrupt? Uh, do I have to get together with Tyler and Brian and go through this a few times so they feel comfortable in my presentation and I deliver it in the best way that I can? No is a starting point. It's never an end. And if it is, it's okay. As long as you've left them with a good impression of who you are. Because it may be no now, but if they like you and they say, you know what, this guy, geez, he really is, he, he was concerned about me. Six months later, the deal that they went ahead with that wasn't you has fallen apart. And they go, you know what, <laughs> I got to look at my phone. That Paul Nadeau, I want to go back to him. And this is what Chris Doe sa says as well. He invites his clients to say no. He uh, is at a price point and they're saying, you're so high, you're so expensive. And he says, it's all right for you to say no. He understands his value. And as yeah. long as we understand what we deliver in our value, it's all right to, to, to say no. It's all right for you to say no. It's okay. Yeah, and if you're going to role play, these two aren't sexy enough to represent me. <laughs> when, you're, when you're trying to go through that. So that may be the breakdown in the negotiation. That's there. So, Okay, Paul, my question to you again, let, let's just go back. What is the one thing you got to make sure everybody here takes away from them right now besides go by, damn it, just ask? 
We yeah. know we got to do that. But yeah. All right. If you see it, you feel it, or you hear it, ask about it. And so if you see something, uh, never assume, never assume that you have the answer to what it is or that you've seen the emotion without identifying it or labeling it or asking about it. If you see it, you hear it or you feel it, ask about it. It's so important. We do not want to assume because doing so could be entirely wrong. And they, at the end of the day, they could say, you weren't really listening to me, were you? And this is in their mind. They may be very nice about it, and some may be very not nice about it, but they'll, they'll let you know one way or another because it will be a no because you haven't right. taken the time to listen, to ask. If you see it, you feel it, you hear it, ask about it. Perfect. Leave you with that. That's fantastic. Thank you for that one. So uh, best thing for everybody to get a hold of you would be down at the uh, jpaulnadeau.com. Yes, uh, you can. Yeah, you can reach me. My email is there. Um, I do some keynote speaking. I, I've been speaking all across uh, the, uh, well, North America this year. It's been amazing. I'm off right. to Miami this month to speak again on negotiations, which I love. I love Miami. It's uh, like a, a home to me. I spent a lot of time there. And uh, yeah, jpaulnadeau.com. Damn it, just ask is a book based on what I've been talking about here. And it's really, it's written for the very experienced negotiator as well as the new negotiator. It's just about the art of asking and of negotiating with your client's uh, intent or well, with your client in mind and your outcome as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. Brian's a fellow keynote speaker. He's been out running around the country, speaking with uh, Steve Sims, Greg Reed, now Brad Lee. Hi, Viola. Well, hey, you know what my claim to fame is with Paul, right? What's that? Clubhouse. You were in the oh, room. Remember, yeah. I taught you the very first time you are in Clubhouse, we sat in a room for 30 or 45 minutes where you just asked me questions because you'd never logged into it ever before. I remember that now, Brian. Yes. Okay. Your face is tiny on my screen. So I remember yes. that. Yes. And you, you know what? You were so helpful. I just remember because what do I do here? What do I do go. there? And yeah. uh, yes, I remember you, Brian, and I follow you. Uh, we'll we'll make Brian real big. There's Brian. There we go. Yes. There's the face. And, and I, I see you on Instagram. And actually, I've been keeping up with uh, some of your lectures that you've given because you post a lot on Instagram. And Brian, you were just uh, so helpful. And you know, isn't that amazing? Brian served me. I had no idea where to go. He consulted me. I remember him to this day fondly. That's the way that your customers and clients will remember you because we always remember the teacher that made the best impression on us or the ones who made the worst impressions on us, right? Or the hottest one. Or the hottest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and here's Brian, the funny thing. Joe's the one who sent me the invite to clubhouse so i could even join it so if it wasn't for joe inviting me to clubhouse you and i never would have met there you go uh, is i love the book on audible paul uh, my book is uh it's is actually my damages ask is being created for audible i have a uh, a narrator who's about one fourth of the way in it okay. should be it should be available in the next month or so. I do have another book uh, called Take Control of Your Life. It's about your mental state and how you can improve your life. Uh, that is on. Tyler audio. needs that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? 
it's saving that book is saving lives, man. It's it was it's a little bit of my personal story and how I went from self-sabotage to where I am today and how I dealt with it. And it's about my experiences and the experiences of people that I I just I I, I met on my journey uh, through detective work or hostage crisis negotiations and stuff. So, yeah, it's out there, too. Perfect. Thank you, Paul, for coming on board. VIPs, thank you for joining in the meeting. Everybody else that's out there, I see people out on LinkedIn as well and people on YouTube. So we're having fun with it. And uh, if you see it, hear it or feel it, ask about it. That's what Paul shared with us today. And I'm going to tell all of you, Paul, thank you so much. Everybody else, thank you. And go out and sell something. Good seeing you, Paul. Good seeing you, Brian, and good seeing you, Tyler, and and yeah, Joe, thank, thank you, you for having me on. And everybody out there, you know, just be the best version of yourself. Serve the people that you're with, and it doesn't mean only your clients or the negotiates. It means people in your life too. When you give of yourself, you re we you get that in return. So, Paul, um, Ron Siegel, I thought you did masterfully well because you know you were able to flip all of his comments into a learning thing instead of just a smart ass thing, which is, you know, more of what I do. But um, Ron does have a national uh, radio show. And he asked about, would you be interested in a radio show appearance? Absolutely. And Ron, thank you for those comments. Yes. Yes. yes, please. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I will connect the two of you via text afterwards. You bet. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Go sell something. It's time to make some money. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna